this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me just get a hold of me. And if you're interested in extra shows every week, every Thursday, we put out an extra show for members only on the website. So if you're interested in hearing more content, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com and sign up to become a member today. This past Thursday, we put out a bonus show for the public and everybody was saying that it was one of the best shows I've ever done, which really surprised me. So if you haven't heard it yet, go ahead and check it out because supposedly it's a home run. So I want to let you guys know also that if you guys, uh, specifically saying guys, are participating in No Shave November, I want to remind you that we do offer beard oils on the website, the Confessionals brand. There's Sasquatch scent, Dogman scent, and Spectre scent. So if you're growing out your beard for No Shave November, I highly recommend checking out the beard oils. They smell great, and a lot of people have been loving them. So let's get down to the business. This week, we have Maria coming on the show, and Maria's had tons of different experiences. And some of the main ones we're going to focus on are the fact that she comes from a lineage of witches. She saw these like weird demon dogs. She's had a lot of different things go on in her life, and she comes on today to share it all. So let's get to Maria right now. All right, today we have Maria coming on. Maria, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So we have uh, spent some time here just you know, talking, getting to know each other, and uh, some fascinating conversation we had, and I really do appreciate you sharing some of the things you shared with me. Uh, I want to get going on some things that you experienced throughout your life. Uh, you have pretty much, you've had a crazy life, and uh, it, it's, it's very interesting stories that you have 
to share with us today. And I think we're going to start it off with kind of like your family background. So your dad's in the ministry. Uh, your mother, though, and your grandmother uh, are at least were active in practicing witchcraft. I'm not sure if they are now, but uh, could you go into how you found out that your mom and grandmother uh, were practicing witchcraft? How old were you? Um, I was about five or six years old when I first found out about it. Uh, I was at my grandmother's house and she, well, she was actually staying in a uh, kind of a campground when they retired. They sold everything that they had and then they moved into kind of like a campground and I was a stubborn kid. I didn't want to listen and I wanted to go play in the woods. And so she said that she wanted me to come inside and I said, no, I didn't want to come inside. She said, come inside or I'm going to make it rain on you. I said, no, I don't want to. And so I was standing outside and she flicked her hands at me and it rained on me, but it was clear as day. I remember the sky was clear. There was no clouds around. It wasn't like she grabbed a water hose or anything and sprayed water on me or anybody was around us. There was no awning around us or anything, um, but water just poured right on me and it stopped when I walked into the trailer. Um, that was the first instant. Um, the second time, there were things that she would do that would make me kind of question things like she would flick her hands and things would move on the table. Um, I, she used to have these nesting dolls that she would have these herbs in it. Uh, you might think it was marijuana or something, but it really wasn't. It was, she always had grew herbs and she would grow uh, different things. She'd have different crystals in her house and she'd say that, you know, this crystal was for this or this crystal was for cleansing and you pour salt around uh, areas and this would keep the bad spirits away and she would always burn um, sage and and uh, and whatnot. And I, and I always thought it was to keep the smell out of the house, but that's not what it was for. <laughs> my, my, my mom, on the other hand, I just remember one time we went on a family reunion trip to Massachusetts and, uh, we had stopped in Salem. We went into the Boston Yankee candle shop and I wanted to go buy a candle. There was this one particular candle that I liked. It was, um, midsummer's night or something. Anyway, it was black and it smelled really good to me. It had nothing to do with the fact that it was a black candle. Um, but anyway, it smelled really good to me. So I bought it with my own money and my mom was like, Oh, so are you interested in practicing? And do you know that our family comes from a line of witches, that your grandmother was a witch and, and that I was a witch. I'm not anymore. And she was talking to me about it. Well, my dad flipped out because, you know, we're in, he's in the ministry and, you know, he thought I was worshiping the devil and just completely flipped out. He made me throw it away. So. <laughs> That that's how I found out about it. I you know I and then I started putting 
two and two together with my grandmother, like, oh, well, that makes sense that she would make it rain on me. And and my mom saying, oh, well, yes, this makes sense. You're buying candles. And are you interested in learning about this? I'm like, no, I'm really not. <laughs> so that's what that was about. Yeah, can I ask you, can I ask you a question here? I mean, with your mom, uh, and she was asking you, were you interested in practicing? Was she in asking in the sense that she was supporting it if you wanted to actually start practicing? Yes, very much so. And I honestly, I was kind of naive about the whole thing because I, I was more interested in climbing trees and playing with frogs than actually doing church and stuff like that. So I never really paid any attention to it. Mom was always trying to brush my hair and I'm like running around and playing outside in the dirt. So when it came to my mom, I just kind of blew her off, honestly. So when she saw the opportunity to kind of bond with me, (laughs) she, she was like, Oh, are you interested in this? And I'm like, no, I'm not. So, So if she was supportive, what made her stop being a witch? I mean, if she's not a witch anymore, I, I, my natural inclination would be that she thought, oh, this is probably isn't good for me. I want to stop doing this. But what made her stop being a witch yet was going to be able to support you with becoming a witch if you wanted to be? Uh, this was actually when I bought the candle. This was when I was a teenager. Um, she actually started going to church. Um, she gave her life over to God. I think when back in 98, 99, something like this. So when I was a teenager, this was back in 94 when I went out to Massachusetts. So she, this was much a couple years later when she gave her life, life over to Christ. So I really think that's what it was. Something must have happened to her. I, back then, she she did end up with cancer. She had ovarian cancer, and I'm wondering if that had a lot to do with it as well. But I just know that she gave her life over to Christ, so I'm thinking that had a lot to do with it as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm sure that's obviously a conflict of interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. So. Did your dad marry your mom knowing she's a witch while he's in the ministry? I mean, how did that whole thing work? Because that's obviously a conflict of interest as well. It was, actually. Um, No, he did not know. My dad was not in the ministry when they were dating each other. They um, started dating each other, like, right out of high school. They grew up around each other. My dad didn't go into the ministry until he was in construction, and he actually got electrocuted on the job um, and found Jesus, apparently, when he was in the hospital and decided to go into the ministry. Um, and then that was that. That was back in 86. So this was well after they were married. I was about six, seven years old at the time. Um I just remember him going through the classes and and whatnot. So he was, I was already alive, and my brother and my sister were already alive at that point. So it's, you know, they had already been married and well established family wise before he even went into ministry. 
I got you. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, mm-hmm. your dad didn't know your mom was a witch, uh, when they got married, I'm assuming. And he found that out later. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that my dad and my mom side of the family didn't really get along. Um, they, when we were growing up, we didn't really go over to my mom's side of the family or my dad's side of the family very much. Um, we stayed really mostly with my mom's side of the family and we hung out with my cousins on that side. So, um, we were closer with them. Although my dad wasn't really with us because my dad and my grandfather, my maternal grandfather and my maternal grandmother did not get along with my dad. So I'm wondering if that had a big part of it just because of that and very opinionated. My dad is very opinionated and so is my mother. So I'm wondering if, you know, just a conflict of interest and opinions and tempers and all of that in combination with it and just how they raised their children just didn't allow for a good relationship between all of them. So okay, we really just stayed with my mom's side of the family mostly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though. It's just an interesting dy- dynamic and uh, how of all people in the world, like, I mean, what are the odds that two people get together? One's a witch, one's not. The other one doesn't know the other one's a witch. They get married. And then the one that's not a witch has an accident that prompts him to go into the ministry with a wife that's a witch. That, that, that's a, I know. That's very interesting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it really was. And then, and then, like, what was it? 13 some years later, she ended up converting to Christianity. So, I mean, I guess God has his way of bringing people back. Oh, know. for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen it many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, yeah. you know, faith and things like that, uh, you've had some creepy things happen inside church. Am I right? I have. I have. Um, so one of the churches that I I went to school at actually had a, because I went to a Catholic school, and the church that I went to, the 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 Mary statue had tears coming out of it. Um, it was in the news. It had like a newspaper article on it and everything. My aunt, she was actually one of my bus drivers. She collected a vial of the tears. I mean, it was like a, it was really crazy. Um, it was a weeping Mary. It was just crazy. And then also I had this third grade teacher that she she didn't really care for me very much. Um, I was, you know, like I said, I wasn't, I was kind of quiet, but I couldn't sit still. And, you know, I'm kind of tomboyish anyway. And so there were, you know, a bunch of, all of us kids were in the classroom and she was, um, I sat in the back of the class and she, she didn't know that I needed glasses. So I was, you know, I always squinted a lot and, and I, you know, I would get in trouble a lot in the class just because I, you know, I couldn't pay attention. I squinted a lot and I would whistle and 
just, you know, act out, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so one day she uh, sat at her desk and she opened up her drawer and there was a bunch of cicadas or like the, the locust bugs, like those big, huge bug things with those big green beady eyes. Yeah. And they like flew out of her drawer and she started screaming and like all the kids in there were started screaming and I used to play with them. So I wasn't freaked out by them. I mean, they used to like come out of their shell and stick on the tree. So I, I knew what they were, but I, so I didn't react the same way as some of the kids did in the classroom. And she thought that I put them in the drawer, but I didn't. So I ended up getting sent to the principal's office and blamed for it. And the principal, Principal uh, Lynn, she was a nun. And she, I remember she ended up like smacking me with the ruler. And it was like, one of those deals where on Harry Potter where it says, I must not tell lies on your hands, (laughs) kind of thing, like, tell me the truth. And I said, I didn't do it. And she hit me with a ruler, but like nobody could figure out where these cicadas came from. I mean, they just flew out of her desk. And I mean, it wasn't like the plague or anything, but there was, gosh, a good 10 of them that came out of there. I have no idea where they came from. I mean, and they're not little. I mean, they're, they're like big bugs, you know? Um, there was, you know, shadows that you would see out of the corner of your eye, like run across the hallway, or you would see, like I heard giggling in the halls and I would hear, um, Gosh, like in the bathroom, I would see a girl run into the stall and I'd like look underneath the stall door and nobody would be in there. Um, gosh, I don't know. That place was just so creepy. Yeah, it sounds that like, church was I mean, Ugh. churches can be, you know, creepy spots. And I've, I've done several different shows on people's experiences inside of churches where real demonic, evil activity is happening inside the church. And uh, early on in the show, I think maybe the first one I did, uh, I got a lot of responses of like, you know, how's that even possible? And I'm like, it's just a brick and mortar building. It's not, it's like a house, you know, it, it's just a building. And just because it has the label of a church doesn't mean things can't go on inside of it. And uh, especially with the fact that of what's going on inside that building, I mean, people congregate to worship God. And so if people are congregating to worship God, you would think, well, that's battleground zero. You know, that's exactly where things go down then. You know what I mean? There's spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I just remember in the walls, the whole building, because the building was connected to the school, but I just remember it being very, like, you could hear your your shoes click on the floor too. So it kind of echoed and it was just kind of creepy to begin with, you know? So (laughs) it, Oh, that building was so scary. And I, and because, um, of going back into CCD and I was always there on like Sundays and, and, you know, just being there in the school, so I was there all the time and my mom had taught, um, CCD, which is so weird giving 
the fact that she was witchcraft. Anyway, um, she had taught CCD classes sometimes. And she, I remember going back in there and there were like books that, that reminds me, there was like a book that was stacked up by the window and it would just like fall over. And just this feeling that like your chest was full, like it was heavy, you know, like when you get a really bad cold and your chest is heavy and like you can't breathe almost. And that that's what it felt like. It was just not a good feeling being in there. It just was not good. All right, let's take a break real quick and talk about our sponsor, Rooted. And now Rooted is a plant company, and my wife was super excited when they came across as a sponsor. And so I said, all right, well, if we bring them on as a sponsor, you got to talk about your experience because it's pretty much your house that you live in a lot more than I do. And I figured, you know what, let her talk about the plants that she gets to enjoy more than I do because I'm in the truck all day. So Lindsay, what's up with Rooted? So... Okay, I love nature and greenery and having plants in our home, but I am a plant serial killer. Even plants that you barely need to water, I've ended up killing. So most of our plants are artificial, which is just not the same thing as a fresh living plant. And that's where this company Rooted came in and gave me a helping green thumb. Rooted is a modern day plant company striving to reconnect people to nature by making plants fun, accessible, and also easy to care for. So Rooted helps you pick the plants that are perfect for your space and your plant expertise level, anything from full jungle kits to individual rare plants. And then they partner with local nurseries and they work with growers to ship healthy, happy plants right to your door. Because I love plants, but I'm terrible with them, I actually hopped on the Rooted website and I took a really quick quiz that pinpointed the plants that would actually be perfect for me based on my answers. And I really love that feature because I could specify things like how good I am or am not at caring for plants. And also in our case that we have a pet and a toddler, so I also needed some non-toxic plant options. And then we... Finished the quiz and I ended up picking a curated plant kit of four plants and they came carefully packaged right to the house just a few days later. They've added, I think, so much color and freshness to some of our rooms and so far I haven't managed to kill any of them. But they look great and the plant kit has has given our artificial plant home some real nature to enjoy. All right. Yeah. And you told me that you're going to be posting some pictures of the plants we got on the website. Yes, I'm going to post a few pictures of the plants from our kits uh, on the page for this episode, episode 176, if anyone wants to check them out. All right, sounds good. Yeah. So if you guys want to check out Rooted, then head to rooted.nyc slash confess and use the code confess to receive 15% off your first order. That's R-O-O-T-E-D dot N-Y-C slash confess. And be sure to use the code confess to receive 15% off right now. So let's get back to Maria. And Maria, you told me that you had other experiences in a house that you, I assume that's a house that you grew up in because you said that you had some paranormal experiences that your family also experienced, right? Right. The, um, so this place, well, my dad, there was like two different places. Um, so 
my dad actually lost his job and then we ended up moving and we moved into this house that was really old. I mean, it was built in the late 1800s and uh, they bought it for really cheap because, you know, dad didn't have a job. Um, they used what they had in savings to, to get us back on our feet and whatnot. So the house was, you know, had a, a basement and um, first, second floor. The The basement was super, super creepy at uh, the basement door. Um, now my sister and my mom and I were talking about this and they kind of, you know, all of us collectively grabbed like, like these stories together. Cause I had a hard time remembering some of these, but, um, they, they were telling me, um, about the basement and then it was like a flood of memories came back. But I go in, you go into the kitchen and the basement door would like pulsate almost. And like, like it would expand when how wood expands with heat and whatnot. And it would shrink when it was cold. It, it would pulsate like that without temperature fluctuations. And you would go down in the basement and the basement stairs were, you could see behind the stairs. So it wasn't like a solid staircase. And while my parents were fixing the upstairs, us kids were staying down in the basement because I guess there were, you know, it was such an old house. They were, you know, getting, um, I don't know if it was like mold cleaning or, you know, whatever it is that they were doing upstairs in the bedrooms. So we had to move our bedrooms down in the basement. And there was, um, there was like an oil tank that was back there and the furnace and they had it walled off. Well, it was always cold down there because it was a basement, but there was a fire in that house and three people had died in that fire. You can see in the floor joists some of the charred wood uh, from the fire and around the corner from where the, the charred wood was, it was where the oil furnace and the, and the oil tank was. And that's where my parents had put all of their books and, and like a storage area. Well, talking to my mom about it, she said the reason why they put all of that stuff there is because that that particular area in the house is where those people had died. And she said that she had such a bad feeling about that area that she didn't want us kids there because it was extremely creepy. And it was, I mean, one night my sister and I were sleeping down there and she, she used to have these angel figurines and it was like on our little end table and we shared a bed. It was like a, a king, uh, not a king, a queen size bed. And she used to have these little angel figurines on our nightstand and she had them all facing towards us and one night, one morning when we woke up, they were all turned facing the other way. Like somebody in the middle of the night had turned them around facing the wall away from us. Um, 
another time we were laying in bed and we were talking, it was the middle of the night and the alarm clock, we didn't have a plug down there. So we just had the alarm clock sitting on the nightstand and the alarm clock floated over our head. I mean, it's like somebody had just picked it up and then moved it like right over our head and sat it down the other nightstand. Um, we were just like, we were frozen there. We couldn't move. Like, did you see that? And she said, yes. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. She's like, just stay there and close your eyes. (laughs) It was so scary. Um, my sister had said that now I don't remember this because I was sleeping. Um, however, I remember when I woke up. So she said that when I was sleeping, that she actually saw me like levitate off the bed, that I was six inches off the bed. And I, I don't remember that, but I do remember waking up and feeling like I had just like slammed on the bed. So I don't remember levitating, but I remember hitting the bed. Um, cause I remember waking up and like, what the hell just happened? Um, so I don't know like exactly what happened there. Um, she says that I was levitating. I just, I don't remember that personally. Um, there was always like kids giggling down there. Uh, we had toys down there because before we moved down into the basement, it was wide open and we used to be able to roller skate down there. And um, we had toys and whatnot, so they would all just be down there. And we'd walk down the stairs. We had a deep chest freezer down there, and you can see balls bouncing around the basement floor. Like there were kids down there playing, but nobody was down there. Um, you could hear kids, but when we'd go down the stairs, there were no like the noises would stop, but the balls, you know, like they would continue rolling, but. Like, nobody was playing with them anymore. Like, oh, we got caught. Stop playing with them, you know. Um, There were growling noises that would come from the basement door. Once we moved back upstairs, um, we would hear growling noises coming from the basement. Um, And it was like, we would go, mom would say, hey, go grab something from the freezer. And all of us would stick our finger on our nose real quick and say, not it. But whoever was the last <laughs> one would have to run, go down there. And, and it was like, you run down there really quick and then you'd like book it back up and we'd have to hold the flashlights. And it was so scary. But, you know, you go up to the door and it's almost like you could hear this growling noise coming from the basement like something just didn't want you down there and um our dogs would never go down there they would not um they wouldn't even step foot towards the threshold of the door um they wouldn't bark or anything but they just wouldn't even come close to it um the we used to have a piano so like around the living room area it would go up to the second floor and my parents had a piano right there, uh, toward right near the stairs. And the piano at night would just like one key would hit and 
like it would play by itself, you know, like somebody would just walk by and hit a key, you know. Um, we had like a a little alarm room because um, the area wasn't like the best area that we lived in. So my parents had installed an alarm and they had walled it off and put like a little computer in there. And um, so we called it the computer room, but it was really the alarm room. So we could go in and turn it off. And my sister had gone in there and there was like these red glowing eyes in that room one time. And I just, she came out and she had this blood curdling screen. We ran around there and looked and she was just like, ghost white she said these red glowing eyes were staring at her and she wouldn't she would not go in that room at all um toys would fall off the stairwell um you would hear footsteps going up and down the stairs um my bedroom was always the coldest one it was like up the stair it was upstairs it was the farthest bedroom from in the back of the house it um Oh, one time I remember I didn't, I wasn't allowed to have, none of us were allowed to have candles in the house. <laughs> and, um, I guess my parents were worried about us like burning down the house or something, or, you know, I don't know. And, um, my, my bedroom, I remember I had gone in there and the door would lock on its own, like you would tug on it and it, normally it would just shut normal, like a normal door, but it would just lock on its own. And I, I don't know why, but it just like, you'd have to tug on it and you'd have to say, would you open the door already? And then it would open up just fine. And then, um, there was, oh yeah. So the room the room itself was like the coldest room in the house. And my mom always said that it smelled like smoke, but it never, but there was never smoke. And I guess that's because, you know, the house had caught on fire at one point, but my room itself, I had walked on, I had walked in there and the wall that was facing the street, had caught on fire and but not really it was the, it was the weirdest thing it was like I I walked in there the wall was on fire I started screaming I ran out I called my sister but the fire alarm wasn't going off and or the smoke alarm my sister came up there I walked back in there and there was no fire in my room the wall wasn't damaged. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the wall. There was no cause for the fire. I mean, we had one of those old radiators that you have to like bleed, but that wouldn't have caused the fire. I mean, nothing. I don't understand. I mean, it's just like the wall caught on fire, but there was no damage to it. Um, there was like an old dumbwaiter that they converted into a closet in my room and there was always like the scratching noise in there and it was like really cold and you couldn't heat up that room for nothing um 
no flowers would grow around the property. I mean, we tried planting stuff and nothing would grow around there. Um, oh, one, okay. So one time my friend and he was like, he was my best friend. Um, and my sister and I, we went over to his house and he's like, oh, well, I'm gonna, uh, my dad's out of town. My stepmom's out of town. And I want to try playing with the Ouija board. <laughs> and I know what you're going to say. Don't ever play with the Ouija board. And I agree with you, but I didn't know any better at the time. Then I don't have to say it, right? <laughs> no, you don't have to say it because I like totally agree with you. And yes, don't ever play with the Ouija board because it's bad. And so what happened was, is we go over to his house and he lived about 20 minutes away from us. We walked in his house and he had like music, like he had some music going and whatnot. He had the Ouija board and, you know, set up and my sister and, and my friend and I, we were sitting around and I don't remember what we were asking it. I don't remember, you know, you know, what the content of, I just remember it wasn't working, you know, and we're like, this is stupid. Let's just go home. Well, he was like, well, I can't keep this in my house because my dad's coming back tonight and he's going to freak out. It's like, well, okay, fine. Well, I'll take care of it. We'll just, I'll get rid of it. And right across the alley from my house, there was an abandoned building and like a parking lot and like dumpsters. And I was thinking, okay, well, I'll just dump it over there. Well, so we get back to my house and my sister and I, we get into my house and we put the Ouija board <laughs> underneath the kitchen sink. And so my friend goes to leave and <laughs> she walks out the door, the kitchen sink door, cabinet doors, started opening and shutting, slamming shut, both of them. Like, they were freaking out, and, oh my gosh, it was so scary. She started screaming. I was freaking out. I grabbed that thing, and um, we, <laughs> I mean, they were, like, violently slamming. We grabbed the board. We take it across the street, and we throw it in the dumpster, and when my best friend got home, he said that the whole house was on. Like, when we left, we made sure that we locked the house. You know, we turned off all the lights. We, I mean, everything was shut down. But when he got back, everything was on. The lights were on. The stereo was on. And it was playing some, like, staticky, crazy, like, you turn the stereo and it didn't quite make it to a radio station noise and his keys wouldn't unlock the door. He said he called his dad from his neighbor's house and his dad told him to stay at his mom's house because he couldn't get in and his dad was going to be home. And I mean, it was just unreal. Like I will never, ever, ever look at those. I don't understand why they sell them at toy stores. It's stupid. <laughs> like those are not a joke. They're not a joke. <laughs> yeah. But um the activity that was happening before the Ouija board, um, it didn't like 
ramp up after the fact, but it just continued. So I'm not going to say that the Ouija board made it worse, but it didn't help. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, it was just, yeah. That was like, that was that house. It was just not, that was not a good place. And then, like, right before I left to go in the military, I actually moved out of that house. And I moved into um, my mom's friend's house for a little bit. And there was this, um, so I stayed in a garage and because it was only like a one bedroom house and the garage was actually kind of converted into a little apartment and I was doing laundry one day and, uh, I had walked around the corner and I felt this hand touch my shoulder and I turned around. Well, I turned around and I saw this man in like a red flannel shirt with blue jeans and he had on a, a full beard and a full head of hair and he like I caught a glimpse of him but he walked back into this room and you had to like go around the corner and you couldn't go out of the building because the room was locked so you had to actually have a key to unlock the building but when I walked in there there was nobody in there so kind of looked like a lumberjack in a way and um and then so the next time I had to go to the bathroom and upstairs there's like this uh it was a one bedroom one bathroom house and so the bathroom was upstairs and you go up and you can see straight go upstairs and you can see straight into the uh into the living room and I saw the same man there and it was dark in there, but I could see the same man there and he was with a dog and this dog had these red glowing eyes and the dog was standing on this coffee table and it had like this attack stance and it growled at me and it like started to jump off the table to come at me. And I like screamed and I ran back down the stairs. So yeah, I just, yeah, no, no, no. That was, yeah. And then, um, after that, I ended up going into the military and then I saw the dogs again when I was stationed in Texas. So I was sitting in my dorm room at my first duty station and I was sitting outside at a picnic table and I was smoking a cigarette. I was talking to my, uh, my then, well, my husband now, but, um, I was looking out at like, there was like this field and, uh, I saw like this pack of dogs and they looked like ghostbuster dogs and they were just running and they were like blacker than black. It almost like the light absorbed into them. Um, and they were hunched. They, they did. They looked like the Ghostbuster dogs, but they were all running in a pack. And I just, 
<laughs> I just got up and I walked right back into my dorm room and I just shut the door. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Did you tell anybody about it? I, I think, yeah, I was talking to my husband on the phone. I'm like, dude, I just saw something really scary outside. I'm like, I am not, I am not going back out there. <laughs> He's like, I think I have an idea of what you're talking about. He's like, do you think that they are the black dogs that you see, that you saw in Minnesota? And I was like, I think so, but there were a lot more of them. <laughs> Now, these these dogs that you saw, are they like, because I mean, if you're describing the Ghostbuster dogs, I mean, I'm assuming most people saw the Ghostbusters, but you're, you're talking about the dogs at the end, at the top of the building that come and sit down on the pillars, right? Yeah. So those dogs, I mean, yeah. they, they didn't have hair on them. They were like, they're these nasty looking beasts. It, the ones that you saw, did, could you tell if they had hair or do they really look like this like demon dog? They looked like demon dogs, and they were not as big. I mean, they were smaller, like almost um, like a size of a greyhound, um, but not as skinny. I mean, they were like muscular, big, fat things like Ghostbuster, but not like six feet tall. I mean, I would say that they were two, three feet tall, maybe, um, but they were built like that and they looked like that and they were in a pack and they had their like their breast pit plate and it arched up really high um towards their stomach area um but they were very thick and broad chested and i they just had the really short and they didn't look like pit bulls okay because I, I know what pit bulls look like but they they were not anything like that. They were not like anything I've ever seen. And they were blacker than black. And they, oh, it was really, really scary. Um, they were about 50 yards away from me. Uh, because where my dorm was, my husband's work was across the parking lot from my dorms. And so it was like a good, judge of where this place was and so I saw them running in that field and then that's where and I used to do perimeter patrol around the base and I remember seeing them there and I'm like oh no this is not okay I just got up and I walked right back into my dorm room it's not yeah I mean you hear different stories of like these demonic looking dogs that appear in people's homes and things like that. I've heard several different people share that. Uh, this pack of dogs that you saw, do you remember, was it like, you know, five of them, 10 of them, 15? How many were there? There's one, two, three, four, five. And I mean, this wasn't like a an area where uh, somebody could just have crazy weird dogs for a pets and they got out loose running around, right? No, because it was on base. Gotcha. Yeah, that yeah. that negates that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was on base, and yes, there are quite a few like stray animals on base, but typically it's cats. Um, and this is not this was not a cat. Um, and like thinking about it, there were five of them, um, and I'm just like replaying it back in my mind and counting it out, and just. 
looking at and placing it where where I saw it in the field in comparison to the building and whatnot. And uh, even because there was a golf course back there, there was no way. As most of these stray animals that I would have seen were cats. And um, every once in a while, you would have a dog that was a stray. But nine times out of ten, it was a cat that people, you know, when they would leave, they would just ditch their cat. So, no, it wasn't like a stray animal. All right, let's take a break right now and talk about purple mattresses. We talked about them before, and we're going to talk about them again because I have recently been putting a very big emphasis on my personal sleep. I got in the habit of sleeping uh, very little hours, working my butt off, and I started thinking, what would this do to me long term for my health? And I started looking into it, and one of the biggest things that popped up for me is dementia. I don't want dementia. And so I started thinking, I need to sleep more. But part of sleeping more is getting quality sleep. And that's when I turned to Purple Mattresses. Purple Mattresses will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like any memory foam I'm used to. The purple materials feel very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. And now, for a 100-night risk-free trial, you can have Purple Mattresses. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty and free shipping and returns. You're going to love Purple. And right now, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text CONFESS to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text CONFESS to 84888. That's C-O-N-F-E-S-S to 84888. A message and data rates may apply. Now let's get back to the show. Maria, with all these experiences that you've had, and you've had a vast amount of experiences, do you feel like you're attracted to these experiences or these experiences are attracted to you? I mean, with all these things that you've had in your life happen to you, why you? I have no idea. Murphy's Law. Yeah? Maybe. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I really have no idea. Um, I really don't. Um, I never really thought about it too much. I mean, I mean, there's some other things that I've seen too, like, um, like there's, gosh, I don't, I don't know if I told you this in the email or not either, but, uh, I just feel like I just see these things. Maybe I'm just a little bit more aware of it, I guess, or I pay attention to things. I don't, I don't know. Um, but like, like one time, I don't know if I told you in the email, I was driving and when I was in Texas, actually, and Texas is just a weird place in general, but I was driving and I went to a town out there it was like in eastern Texas and um like all the the road names are still in German there and uh there I had stopped I was with a friend of mine 
or it was actually my ex-boyfriend and we we had stopped and there was like an ice cream store when we stopped in the ice cream store um went in i ordered something to drink um sat down turned around and i was looking out the window and these people these two kids had walked by it was a boy and a girl and they turned around and they looked at me it was almost like children of the corn they turned around it was almost like you don't belong here but they turned around look and they had black eyes like all black eyes and they just stared at me they just stopped and they stared at me and they had very nondescript clothing um one of them it was like almost have you ever seen the pictures where it was black and white and the apple is red you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah absolutely okay but but reverse that to where everything else around you is colorful but those two people were almost black and white um to where their clothing was very like monochrome and they had very almost no color about them so like you would forget them if you didn't see them like it was almost meant to be where you wouldn't notice them if you were walking by like you would just not notice them but they were just staring at me and my my boyfriend my ex-boyfriend at the time he was just he was wrapped up in ordering and he turned around and he looked and I remember like the guy at the counter was like, Hey, here's a drink. And he saw me looking at them and they shifted their attention to him. And it was like their head slowly turned to him and then they slowly turned their head and then just kept on walking by the window and kept on going. And I like freaked out. I just, we just got up and left. I got up and we walked out the door and we just left. I mean, we just left. We didn't even stay there. I didn't get my drink. He didn't get his drink. We just left. It was freaky because those kids, they had black eyes. There was no white in them. They had, um, they had like straight hair. It was like bowl cuts almost like somebody had taken a bowl and stuck it over their head and cut it like cut their hair and their clothing was like black and white. It was so weird. It was so weird. So what you're saying is like everything was normal around you, but these two were like in black and white. Uh, yeah. And their eyes were black. It, it almost sounds like, if I was producing a movie and like a sci-fi movie and I wanted to portray an image of some kind of time slip or time traveler and I put them in black and white in like old timey clothing to make it stand out kind of thing. Uh, did they were the way they were dressed? It was, was it like just modern clothing just in black and white? Yeah, it was very modern clothing. One of them had a hoodie on. The other one had a plain old T-shirt, but it had nothing on the T-shirt. It was just a plain T-shirt, and it was a plain hoodie, and it was a plain pair of pants. Both of them had plain pair of pants. 
I mean, there was nothing that stood out about any of them that would make me like really like if you were walking down the street and you saw them and it was just like you would kind of glance at them and just keep on going. It was nothing that made them stand out except for the fact that they stopped and they looked in the window and they stared at me and they had black eyes, like all black eyes. Even their hair was really weird. I mean, just everything about them was weird. The only thing I could think of, it was like, I just say it was a children of the corn moment. I don't know. Like, oh, it just was so creepy to me. And I like flipped out. I went in the car. I've never been back to that town since. It was Fredericksburg, Texas. I've never been back since. I I can't go back there because it just scared me so bad. Um, The guy at the counter, he looked, I didn't say anything to him. He saw them. Um, My ex-boyfriend saw them. I don't even remember talking to my ex-boyfriend in the car back because from where I was stationed to Fredericksburg was not that far. So I just remember we just got back. It was just like quiet the whole way. Like we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about nothing on the way back. It was just weird. Well, yeah, that's definitely weird. I mean, (laughs) there's no other way to describe it other than, you know, a weird moment. I I, I can't even ask you, what do you make of it? Because clearly uh, as you're telling the story, you have no idea what you experienced other than just being being able to recount what you saw. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, Yeah, and as far as, like, why am I able to see these things, I don't don't know. I just think it's Murphy's Law. I don't know. I really don't know. I can't tell you. I I have no idea. Yeah, I mean... there's a lot of different aspects you can go down. I mean, there's really not an answer to it. There's a lot of different things you could say that caused it, uh, anywhere from your frequencies to, you know, like how, how your body gives off energies and attracts things to your family history with the witches to, there's just so many different things that you could probably go down the road of to try to figure out why you, but it sounds like you're probably not that interested in trying to figure out why you, you just have these experiences and let's not get too deep on it you know so uh well well no i mean why, why, i'm not gonna go out there and say hey guys come come find me you know i don't want to do that no yeah i'm looking for answers so please come find me so we can talk you know so no i really don't i'm not that interested honestly no, I I get it. I, I probably wouldn't be either uh, if I experienced the stuff that you experienced. Um, before we wrap this up, I want you to share how uh, you kind of had a prophetic dream at one time. And uh, if you could go into that, that'd be really cool to hear. Yeah, sure. So um, I was actually stationed over in Korea and my, my husband and I were both over there. Uh, one night I, gosh, I was, you know, I was sleeping, obviously it was a dream. And, uh, so in my dream, I was walking through, it was kind of like a museum and, uh, it was dusty and it was really dirty. There was, 
like I was in a group of people and I just remember in my dream, I, you know, kind of veered off from this group, uh, off to the right, there is this room and I walked in the room, there was, um, uh, there was like this anvil type thing there. It well, it looked like an anvil. I want to say it was like an altar. And there was a flash of light. And these flashes of light, it was like the brightest and the purest and the whitest light that I have ever seen in my life. And it was just a pure light. Um, and there was a, a, a face, like a woman's face. And then there was another flash of light. Um, and I saw like a scroll and it was kind of like a, like a parchment almost, but it was like a vellum and the writing on there was like a earthy brown color and it was like very blocky lettering. And I remember the lettering. I don't remember all of the lettering, but I remember certain letters on there. Um, and then there was another flashlight and this woman appeared and she had long, um, long hair and it had like a veil on her and she didn't have wings or anything, but it was almost like you take a, um, like a ball of energy, um, and put it behind her and then pinch it. So like behind her, it was like this ball of energy and you pinch it. So it looked like wings almost, but it was like this pulsating energy behind her in this bright light. And, and she said, um, a child will be born a son who, and then I woke up. So the weird thing about that is, is over in Korea, there was a big time difference and a day difference you know, between here in the States. So I, uh, I got a phone call from my mother-in-law and my mother-in-law said, are you pregnant? I'm like, no. And she said, well, I had the weirdest dream. that." <laughs> that's such a, que- you- that's such a- <laughs> I'm sorry. That question, <laughs> are you pregnant? That's got to make your, your stomach drop coming from your mother-in-law. <laughs> and she wasn't even your mother-in-law at the yeah, time, I- right? No, she was my mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. No, it's okay. Actually, we had only been married for, um, at that point, we'd only been married for three months. So, gotcha. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, I hope I'm not pregnant because that means I'd have to go back to the States because I can't be overseas on an unaccompanied tour while I'm married because, right. you know, my husband and I, we, we can't be over there. You know, we were at different bases. So, you know, I can't be on an unaccompanied tour pregnant, you know? So I'm like, oh God, please don't let me be pregnant. Uh, but yeah, she says, are you pregnant? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and so, yeah, so she, uh, she said, um, well, I had the, the weirdest dream that um, I saw this little boy on top of the stairs with wings and he had blonde hair, blue eyes. And my daughter uh, came around and said, well, I said, well, who is that on top of the stairs? And she said, oh, that's, that's Mark and Maria's boy. And, and so she said, are you sure? I said, no, I'm not. Well, I ended up not being pregnant. So, you know, okay, 
And then so I ended up getting stationed at my next base overseas. And a couple years later, I ended up pregnant. Um, I ended up having a little boy. And he ended up having blonde hair, blue eyes. We ended up moving to back to uh, where we live now. And we moved into my husband's childhood home. And just so happens that my son is like huge into superheroes. Well, I mean, he's older now, but when he was younger, he's huge into superheroes. And he was on top of the stairs and he had on a Batman outfit. And my mother-in-law had come in the house and he was on top of the stairs with his Batman outfit and he was getting ready to jump down the stairs. And my mother-in-law walked around the corner and saw him on top of the stairs with his Batman outfit with there, just like she saw in his dream, in her dream. Wow. So, yeah. And those symbols that I saw in my dream, actually, um, now, when I went to college, uh, after I had separated from the military, I actually retired, and the, uh, the symbol that I saw in my military, when I saw in my dream, uh, when I went to college, I went to school for religion. And I studied, you know, Greek and Hebrew and whatnot, ancient Greek and Hebrew, talking with my professors because I remembered some of the symbols in my dream. We had determined that the dialect in my dream was Aramaic um, because we cannot figure out what the symbols actually like the combination of it. We can't determine what it actually says because of how it reads that we determined that the dialect is actually Aramaic. So, which is the language that Jesus spoke, which we thought was really cool. I didn't tell him my dream. So he had no reference of where I was coming from with that. I just wrote it down on a piece of paper and said, Hey, what do you make of this? And he said, oh, where did you get this from? And I said, well, you know, I just, I've just got something I want to show you. And, and then he kind of looked at it and he said, you know, I'm not really sure this, these are what these symbols mean. However, the dialect is Aramaic. So he had no reference to know that this actually came from my dream. So, yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I mean, to have a dream that, you know, actually means something tangible like that it, it you can't make it up you know <laughs> you just can't make it up no no i mean it and you know the thing about my son is i'm not saying that he's like the next jesus or anything like that or jesus no. incarnate i'm not saying that you know by any means but i will say that you know my son he is the kindest and the most genuine son i i am so blessed to have him. He is truly amazing. He's got such a heart for God and he is so compassionate towards people. It's it's crazy. It blows my mind. I mean, he when we go to church, he sees an old person there and he will hold her hand, this one particular lady, he will hold her hand to make sure she gets to her car 
you know, and I don't have to, I've never had to tell him or teach him that. He just does it. I mean, he's just, he's just phenomenal. And I've just been blessed and he's, yeah, he's just wonderful. Well, it, yeah. it, so, it sounds like a, a very nice young man. And, uh, you know, I can only hope that my son turns out like that as well. I mean, he's only 13 months right now, so he's into uh, taking his toys and smashing them on my head. But uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he grows out of that. <laughs> but uh, oh, I'm not going to say that he didn't either. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I look at him sometimes I like, can't gosh, tell you I, how many times Thomas the Train hit me? So <laughs> I, I just think sometimes, man, I hope he he grows out of this stuff because uh, as he gets older, this is going to hurt a lot more. <laughs> So, um, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all in fun, but, uh, Maria, I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing some of these experiences and stuff. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, email. I don't care where you share the show, but if you enjoyed it, please share the show because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Ben, would you like to say goodbye? Bye, Good job.
Thank you.